Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. Really, we've entered that space to kind of uplift their voices and quiet ours as adults. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. This month on The Well Woman Show, we celebrate International Women's Day as well as Women's History Month. I interview Girls Inc. of Santa Fe CEO, Kim Brown, and discuss girls' mental health and body image, as well as Spain's new menstrual leave policy. As always, all the links and information are at wellwomanlife.com slash 310show. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. Join us in the academy for community mindfulness practices and strategy to live your well woman life. Now to discuss the challenges and needs of girls locally, I interview Kim Brown, CEO of Girls Inc. of Santa Fe. I'm speaking with Kim Brown. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's lovely to be here. So Kim, I want to just start with um, having you share with listeners, who are you in the world today? <laughs> who am I in the world today? That's such a big question, isn't it? I feel like, um, I don't know, I'm multi-people, I think, in my world, but um, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, um, I've been the CEO of Girls Inc. of Santa Fe for just over nine years, um, and been part of the organization for almost 20, which is amazing. Um, so I've kind of grown up in my career at Girls Inc. of Santa Fe, and um, it's taught me a lot and taught me how to kind of center people in the work. So yeah, who am I? I am a thoughtful person. I like to um, be in community with others, and I believe in the power of young girls and women in our society. So um, I guess that's just a little bit about me. Yeah, no, that's great. And Kim, what are you working on right now, and how does it impact women and girls' lives? So as CEO of Girls, Inc., we have programming that has direct service programming here in Santa Fe and northern New Mexico. And so we serve about um, a thousand girls annually, and that program really varies but it really centers what's going on with girls in the world today. So, you know, girls are really struggling with mental health um, issues, things like that. So we bring our programs into the public schools as part of the public school day. And then we also have programs out of school time at our center. So it's really with the idea of girls are powerful and they have all the tools that they need and society doesn't always uplift them to be their true selves. So how can we kind of help teach them and kind of inspire them to be their true selves and um, kind of also at the same time work to change the world to better support them. So in the last couple of years, we've kind of entered the advocacy realm um, because our girls kind of really needed us to be in that world. Mm -hmm. They were saying, you know, what works at Girls Inc. doesn't always work in the rest of the world. The adults around me don't always know how to inspire me to take responsibility and be my true strong self. Mm -hmm. And so really, we've entered that space to kind of uplift their voices and quiet ours as adults. So yeah. Yeah, also, that's such a good point. And I, I'm so glad you shared that because there's only so much we can do with the individual, right? Like I work yeah. a lot with, with women and women's leadership and well-being and, and, and there's a lot you can do individually, one-on-one -on -one or in groups, but ultimately there's also a societal and a structural and a systemic, you know, problem that also needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, girls can't be their best selves if the world is not, you know, supporting them to be that. And if they're dealing with, you know, sexual violence 
violence and violence in general or being um, whether it's violence at schools or violence at the at home or whatever it might be they they can't really show up and be their best selves if they're constantly in fear and in safety mentality so you know we have to kind of get past safety and feel safe in order to learn and grow as individuals so um, we try to do that at girls Inc and we're trying to also change the rest of the world to do that as well and so what are you working on that is in the sort of advocacy realm yeah um, one of the big things that our girls are most interested in in this moment so we really work with them to kind of ask them what they care about kind of highlight how they can change the world and then take their lead on what they want us to focus on so I would say the the biggest things right now that they're most interested in is um, there's a bill in New Mexico legislature about affirmative consent um, and so the girls have spoken out about that they have written they have gone to testify um, and that's really that the public schools around the state um, have to teach consent um, as part of their healthy sexuality curriculum in a couple of grades. So it's not even kind of what I would say would be best in affirmative consent land because, you know, at Girls Inc., we're teaching consent at age five, which means, you know, yes means yes. And you don't have to wait for a no. You you need to seek out a yes. So I think that's really important and kind of the backbone to young people's safety is that they understand they have body autonomy and they can say and choose when they engage in any kind of of anything around consent. Consent, right? That could just be attending a party. That could be sexual consent. Yeah. It's multifaceted. So that's one issue. They're also interested in um, gun safety at schools. It's impacted their lives a lot. Um, I can't even imagine what it is to be in a public school these days and that safety realm. Um, other things that they're interested in is continuing to make sure that they have access to safe um, abortion and making sure that that's, a, that's really important to them too. So um, those are just kind of a few of the highlights that we've been following. Um, voters' rights, of course, is another one. So kind yeah. of spans the gamut. Well, and I, I just want to say I love that because um, there's sort of the immediate leadership skills that girls learn and get to experience by being a part of an advocacy effort. Yeah. And then there's the the actual outcome, like whether whether the legislation passes or not, whether it's a hundred percent exactly what you want it to be, or or maybe it's just a start. Um, that's also a learning opportunity and and uh and hopefully, you know, as as the girls grow uh, up and and develop their own careers, they you know they continue those leadership skills. Yeah, absolutely. It gives them the chance to to realize that their voice can actually make change, and that adults will listen to them. And I keep saying, you know, the same thinking that has gotten us into the kind of mess we're in today um, isn't going to be the same thinking that gets us out of it. And I think young people are super smart; they understand the issues, and we should listen to what they have to say about the world and how they see it changing for their future. Right. So, yeah. And so, uh, speaking of the legislature, there's a bill also that I'm sure you're aware of that has high schools offering free menstrual products in bathrooms for girls. And this just makes so much sense. It's amazing to me sometimes that these things take so long to uh, to implement. But are your girls working on that? Are they interested in that issue? Yeah, they have, and they have. We worked on it a couple of years ago too, and I think the legislature had like a small pilot program in a couple of schools across the state. And so I think now they're working to kind of get access for all the public schools. And yeah, it it helps with attendance in schools. It helps girls feel safe and that they have those products if they need to, especially girls that don't have access to those products, it really hinders their ability to go to school. So for them to feel as though the, the school, and, and it is healthcare, right? It is healthcare and keeping them health and safety are safe. And so for them to have access to those products is really important. Okay. Now, while we're on this topic of yeah. m- menstruation, I 
was really interested in the news article recently that Spain has passed a menstrual policy allowing women to call in sick in case of incapacitating menstruation. I thought this was really interesting. It approves paid leave for for these days when when this is happening. Do you think this is something that is needed uh all around and and do you ever see that happening here? Yeah, I mean, I know I feel like it might be a long way to happen here, but because <laughs> just sometimes it takes us a long time to adopt some of these issues. But um I think it's really important. I think even at Girls Inc., you know, we have wellness days that we give our staff. And if someone needed a wellness day for that, absolutely that would be granted. And so I think um women and um you know people that ha- experience having menstrual cycles are uh, should be afforded to be able to take off work if those are cycles that really impede their performance and ability to show up. So um, I think it makes sense because it centers people. I just think we always come from this sort of mainstream, frankly, male, you know, centered point of view on things. And so we're always trying to change things from that center. Right. And if we, if we could actually center women and girls needs, it would be so obvious that we would need, first of all, a lot more education because the regular, you know, all of the community and uh, leaders and bosses and people don't actually really understand what women and girls go through every month. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if we yeah. centered women and girls in that, it would be like an obvious, oh yeah, well, we we must do that. Yeah. I mean, the same thing for, you know, paid leave when you have a child and so many other policies, right, that impact women um, and girls. And so I, I feel like, yeah, centering women and girls is probably never historically happened in our nation. And so for us to do that, I think we would end up with some good policies, but it, it takes time, right? And I think that's what I think a lot of are losing patience in is the time that it takes to change some of those policies. And I was I was doing this training recently and they're like, well, more and more women are sitting in positions of power. And I was like, yeah, but it takes, they're still not the majority. And, it, and until they're the majority, it's not going to change. And, and it still takes a lot of education of folks that, I don't know, Absolutely. just don't really understand issues. Absolutely. And there's a lot of internalized sexism and racism where even if you have women in leadership, they're not necessarily empowered or supported to center women and girls because of the larger structures. But I'm glad you mentioned that about the timing because there's nothing more enraging, honestly, than someone saying, oh, it's just not the time right now. Right. <laughs> it's just not the time right now. Well, when is when yeah. is it time? If it's when? not the now, when? And if right. it's not not, you know, I, yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and I think that is this kind of center of the issue in our society is that we haven't centered what women and girls or even the other marginalized communities in our policy decision-making, we tend to prioritize, I guess, capitalism or, you know, the bottom line of, of different industries. And so, yeah, that outcome isn't always great for the people that it's supposed to be supporting. Okay. So I want to just mention that we are also on this show celebrating International Women's Day and the theme of the United Nations 
Foundation's observance this year is Digital Innovation and Technology for Gender Equality, Recognizing and Celebrating the Women and Girls Who Are Championing the Advancement of Transformative Technology and Digital Education. So can you speak to, um, to that theme as far as the work that you do at Girls Inc.? Are your girls involved in that? Yeah, absolutely. We do um, a lot of STEM programming, so science, technology, engineering, math, and a lot of a big piece of that is like coding programming and working with different technology pieces. And I think you know making sure that girls are on the forefront of that is similar to what we were just talking about. Is centering what they need as kind of this whole AI world evolves, right? So yeah, I think it's a it's a great topic to be focusing mm-hmm. on in this moment because it seems, I guess, a little bit before its time, right? So like the whole world hasn't caught up to this new AI world that we're going to enter, but there's still time to, instead of playing catch up, I guess is what I'm trying to say, there's still time to get ahead of it and be making sure those spaces are attentive to what women and girls in the future. Absolutely. Okay. And then I wanted to ask you also about a story I read about Girl Scout cookies, actually. And I'm a Girl Scout leader. My daughter is a Girl Scout. But the story was very interesting to me. And it brought up something that I've been concerned about and that I have experienced going door to door selling cookies with my daughter. And that is what adults say to girls about their bodies and about their weight mm-hmm. and about their diet when they are asked to buy cookies. And so the the title of this news story was don't serve Girl Scout cookies with a side of shame. And it really brings, yeah, it really brings up body shaming and diet culture. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate, you know, so even young girls in our program as young as five and six, sometimes will talk about dieting and, oh, they're on this diet or their parent is on this diet. And I think so much of that has to do with body image. And I don't know, I think it's really unfortunate that our society doesn't really know how to separate how girls and women look from health, basically. And we have a program that's called uh, Mind Plus Body, and it's all about body image, mm-hmm. stress management, nutrition, and physical fitness as kind of the four components to health. And it really focuses on on, you know, so many young people do enter into kind of this diet culture and as a way to have kind of control over something in their lives. And I know it's kind of unbelievable that that's gotten tied to Girl Scout cookies and adults when you ask them about how they speak about their bodies and about dieting. Well, I guess not most, but a, a lot of adults that I talk to anyway, they're they're very aware that like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk badly about my body in front of young people because that's the, the messaging that they receive. And so it's like intellectually, we know that. And then when it comes to how we actually operate in the world, we forget, you know, we forget that. And then we just go on with these comments about dieting. <laughs> and so it's, it's very interesting human behavior to me that, you know, I think takes just a lot more talking about it and a lot more pointing it out when it's happening, maybe so that right. so that people are aware like, oh, gosh, I just said that, didn't I? So good. Well, it's good to know you have a program around that. And Kim, we're going to go to a short break and we'll be right back. For 25 years, I've been working in social justice and systems change because when women and girls thrive, families thrive, and whole communities thrive. What I realized through my work was that there are systems at play that work to keep women leaders functioning at half their capacity because of overwork, overwhelm, and burnout. The very nature of our linear strategic systems of power that have worked so well for so many high-achieving women are the exact reason we're crashing and burning at such high rates. 
So we end up with highly capable women leaders who are unable to realize their potential, whether it's in their health, their relationships, career, prosperity, or social impact. I'm Giovanna Rossi, host of The Well Woman Show on NPR. And what I do is work with high achieving women leaders who feel stuck in their careers, overwhelmed by trying to do it all, facing a health crisis or unhappy in their relationships so that they can finally enjoy life again, be the leader they know they can be and make the impact they're here to make with their families and communities. It's my mission to use a feminist lens and the Well Woman Life framework to challenge the status quo and dismantle systems that work to maintain unequal power so that all women can thrive as leaders in their communities and families. Get started on your Well Woman leadership journey by applying for the group program at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. I'm speaking with Kim Brown of Girls Inc. And we're going into a segment called Superpowers for Success, which allows our listeners to get to know you better as a leader. So I have a few quick questions for you. Sure. The first one is, what does success in life mean for you? (laughs) That's a big question. Um, Honestly, I think it's grounded in happiness for me. I think um, happiness and and being in good relationships with others is kind of how I lead. And and what's really important to me is that everybody that I interact with, whether you know we don't always have to gr- agree or see eye to eye on things, but that we have a good experience when we're working with one another. And so I think that's really important to me. And I think kind of the keys to success in my future, I guess, if I was looking back, is if I was happy in the things that I was doing and sharing joy and love with others that are around me. Um, mm. And Kim, when did you know you were really good at what you do? <laughs> that makes an assumption that I already know that, but um, I think I'm still learning. I would I would guess for sure. I think you know before COVID, I had been kind of a leader in in my role for about six years or seven years or so, and um, and I think I always kind of thought that I needed to be some other kind of leader. I was always I I don't tend to lead from the top down. I tend to lead by uplifting others and really making sure other voices are heard. And and I think before COVID, I thought that I should be something that I wasn't. And then kind of through COVID, I learned that the world needs a little bit more love, a little more grace, a little more understanding with one another. And I I realized that actually exactly who I am and how I show up in that space is what I should be doing rather than kind of pushing myself to be, you know, this more kind of a masculine leadership, which is kind of mm-hmm. most of the leadership we see in the world. So absolutely. Um, yeah, I kind of learned through that, that prioritizing people, prioritizing, you know, and centering folks rather than, you know, the work um, is really important to me. Yeah. And can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so you can do everything that you do in the world? I actually, I have a farm actually, and um, I do a lot of farm work and, you know, taking care of the orchard and the animals that we have. And it just is this nice counterbalance to Mm. so much of my work is talking with others and kind of meeting and making sure that our strategies are focused and we're headed in the right direction. And um, there's something about being out in nature and with my hands in the dirt and uh, kind of focused on that other work that really is rejuvenating for me. Um, And then I guess the other thing is being in community with others and with friends and colleagues that really uplift me. And I have a few local groups and groups of of women that I'm part of across the nation. And those women inspire me to be my best selves and also remind me that I'm not in it alone. And I think that's also really important in this moment. 
So important. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I'm really good at uh, navigating situations and uh, conflict. I kind of lean into conflict and think at the end of it, we'll all have a better outcome. And so I uh, I feel like I've always been really good at that and navigating, you know, pull, different pull points. But I, I would say most recently, I've learned to really lean into that conflict is actually a really good thing that we all experience, even though it's uncomfortable. And yeah, so I would say that's kind of my superpower is, is navigating uncomfortable situations and having grace around them. That's great because that's something that a lot of people are very challenged with. So what advice would you give Kim to your younger self, say in your early career or like early 20s? I think to take care of myself and to prioritize my needs and not just the needs of others. I think I've always kind of been in a a position of um, really wanting to focus on what others needs and forgetting that I also have to take care of myself. So I think just making sure that I'm focusing on myself, making sure I'm um, expanding upon my own interests and Mm -hmm. uh, prioritizing my own well-being while I take care of others. And that, you know, the whole saying, you can't fill from an empty cup, right? So um, just taking the time to take care of myself. Yes, absolutely. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all knew that so many more, so many years before now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I spend a lot of time on that very topic with a lot of women in this community. And um, it's just amazing how hard it is to change that and and to really prioritize that. So thank you for, for lifting that up. Kim, do you identify as a feminist? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What does that mean for you? I think it means a lot, but I think that it's, you know, important as we were talking about earlier to center women in our community. I think for so long, women have been kind of the second thought to different policy and different way of thinking and businesses. And I actually think we'll be a stronger society if we were leading from a feminist standpoint or with our femininity, I guess, if we were leading with that. I don't know. I just feel like we'd be a stronger society. And um, so that's kind of what it means to me is, yeah. is centering centering women and girls and, and, and just also that gender is on a spectrum. And I'm not sure anything, but the kind of uh, male perspective has been centered for, for so long. So I think, you know, centering the needs of others is really important. Yeah. And last question for you, Kim, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? <laughs> that's a that's a good question. I've been diving into what's it called? Uh Radical Candor. So Radical Candor by Kim Scott, um, which is all about how to speak with kindness and also um be straightforward so that you you know you can be straightforward with people if you can also be kind. I've always led from that place, but I think reading her words and her philosophy around it has been really good for me to kind of lean into into that space. Yeah, great. We'll add that to our book list and, and to the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash radio. And Kim, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been really nice to speak with you and uh, learn more about what you guys are doing. I want to tell you about a cool new product from Well Woman Life, which is the 2023 Planner. Now, this has been in the works for a long time, and we've been using it in the Well Woman Academy. But now for the first time, it's available for purchase from the wider community. You can go to wellwomanlife.com slash planner to find out more about that. Uh, But just to say, it's really cool because it's a daily 
look at uh, how to use the Well Woman Life tools to apply them in your life every day. So it includes how to prioritize, how to reconnect with your purpose, um, and how to re-energize and how to really find what nourishes you on a daily basis. So check it out, wellwomanlife.com slash planner. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman Life, head over to wellwomanlife.com. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.